Father, we thank you for your presence here with us already this morning. And Holy Spirit, as I share from your word, I'm just praying, Spirit of God, that you'd take what I say and you'd write it upon the fleshly tablets of human hearts. Lord, not, a, not just another message, but Lord, a, a word from the throne of God, a word from your presence, Father, that will impact lives and will move each one of us forward into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, I started in the first service saying, and I'm going to repeat it again, that the best days for Birmingham City Church are not behind you, but are in front of you. Better days are still, anyone believe that here today? No matter how good the past has been, no matter what God has done in the past, the future is going to be infinitely greater than anything that you have experienced to this point in time, because my God is always moving forward. He's always advancing us. He's always progressing us. If you keep looking back when you're driving in the mirror, you're going to end up in a ditch. Don't look back, look forward because God is going to do some wonderful things here in Birmingham City Church. You're not just another church on the block. You're a church raised up by God to make an impact, to make a difference, to bring transformation to Birmingham, to bring transformation to the United Kingdom. I I believe that what spurs in my spirit is I want to change the world. Okay, not all the world of it by myself, but I want to have an impact in the world. I want to make a difference while I'm living on this planet. Anybody here with me today, you want your life, you want to be a world changer, you want to be a kingdom shaker, you want to be a nation maker, God has put His Spirit within you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, the same Christ that that Paul, the Apostle Paul had, you also have, the same Holy Spirit is in each and every one of us, wherever you go, go. God goes, and so you can make a difference. You can bring change. You can bring transformation. And I like what Mark's been saying. We never retreat. We move forward because we are on the winning side. We've got the captain of the Lord of hosts, and he is fighting for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? We will never retreat. We will never back away. We will keep marching forward, moving forward, because there's a city to be taken. There's a nation to be changed. And Birmingham belongs to Jesus. Amen. Satan is a trespasser. He's a, he's a, he's where he shouldn't be. Shall we put it that way? He doesn't belong in this place. We want to drive him out of Birmingham. We're going to cast him out of this place. And I suggest we send him to Australia. We're not going to send him to New Zealand because there's no room for him in New Zealand. We don't allow demons and devils in New Zealand. We're going to drive him out and send him away. The United Kingdom belongs to Jesus. Amen? It belongs to Jesus. He's the one who shed his blood for this place. And I believe there will be a great revival in the United Kingdom, such as we have never seen nor experienced before. Anyone up for that? Give the Lord a shout and say, Amen. Bring it on, Jesus. We're not having United Kingdom and beyond just because it's a good idea. God put it in our hearts. God put it in our spirits that United Kingdom needs to be one for Jesus. And we know you guys can do it, but we want to help you do what we can to reach the United Kingdom and to reach beyond the United Kingdom. Let's take the United Kingdom first and then let's stretch out and take all these other nations that you've come from and see them turn to Jesus as well. I believe God is in the business of changing nations. 
He's done it before and he is going to do it again. Sure, there has been some explosions in the United Kingdom, but first in the natural, then in the spiritual. Let's get ready for an explosion of the Holy Spirit that will change the face of this whole area and the whole nation of the United Kingdom. Father, minister your word through your servant. You know the thing that sets Christianity apart? This is what really excites me. It sets it apart from every other religion in the world. It's not about a set of rules and regulations to follow. It's about a personal relationship and walk with a person by the name of Jesus Christ. It's a person you can get to know more and more and more. You can hear his voice. You can enjoy his presence. You know, no other religion offers a personal, intimate relationship with God himself. And in this relationship, you know, if the relationship factor of knowing God is missing in Christianity, then it becomes dead, it becomes powerless, it becomes religious, the world is not interested, and a lot of Christians are not interested. It's all about a relationship and a walk with God. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3, 8 and 9. Let's see where it all started. Genesis 3, what it was meant to be like from the beginning. If you've got a Bible, turn there. If you haven't, grab the one from the person next to you. Verse 8. And he heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden of Eden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. The Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord said, called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So right from the beginning, here's what we see. Adam and Eve, God walking with them in the cool of the day. That's what God has for all of us. A relationship with him, where it's literally God walks with us throughout our day, throughout our weeks. We feel his presence. We hear his voice on a regular basis. We fellowship with him. We talk with him. He talks with us. It is a relationship with God. Too many people, I'm sure not in this church, have a, a religious faith. You know, they do what they meant to do. They come to church because they should come. To they read the Bible because they should read the Bible. Sometimes they even pray because they think they should, should, should do that, and that's what's required. And it's good to do that. But friends, it needs to be more than that. It's a relationship with God. We come to church because we love Jesus. We read the Bible because we love the writer, the author of the Bible. We pray because we know we can meet with God when we pray. It's all about relationship. And you find right throughout Scripture that men and women had encounters with God that made Him real, made Him incredibly real. Now, by encounters with God, just to make it clear, please don't think it has to be something dramatic, like, oh, an angel appeared to me. It's probably not likely to happen, although my wife sees an angel every morning. How many of you think I look like an angel? Give me a wave. No waves in the house. All right, one wave there. Thank you for that. It doesn't have, you don't have to be slain in the floor, on the floor for 40 minutes or whatever. If that happens, good, great, fantastic. You don't have to have some uh, you know, amazing event. You know, the fire of God descend upon you. It may not be that dramatic, but uh, it, it, you can have encounters that are just as real and just as life-changing. For example, you can have an encounter with a verse in the Bible. How many of you ever had that where God really speaks to you? I had a verse of that God gave me years ago that changed my life forever. You can have an encounter with a song. A song, just you, you begin to sing the song and the Spirit of God comes on you. That's your moment with God speaking to you through that song. Because the presence of God comes on the song. You may feel a burden in prayer. 
That's a moment with God. He's guiding you in a direction. It can come in so many different ways. It does not have to be dramatic, but it is nevertheless real and it's very powerful. See, the devil wants you to exclude yourself from a person who has encounters with God because you think, well, I'm not the dramatic type. I don't have those powerful moments like others have. Friend, you can have, we can all have encounters with God. We can all have moments with God. We're all designed by God to enjoy that in our lives. And that's what makes Christianity exciting. You know, some people get bored with church. Some people get bored with being a Christian. Could you believe that? Thank you for that overwhelming response on that point. Let's move along. Boredom with religion, I can understand. Boredom even with church, possible, not this one. But boredom with a relationship with God himself, absolutely impossible. How can you know God, love God, walk with God, and find that a boring experience? I've been walking with God for over 40 years, and I can tell you in those 40 years, I have never got bored with walking with my God. I've never got bored with knowing Jesus. My my media ministry is called Running With Fire, and I believe that we should run with fire all the days of our lives. When we're filled with the fire of God, we're filled with the Spirit of God. We run after God. We chase after God. We're filled with this fire. In my church, if you ever come and join it, which you probably won't, you are not permitted to. No matter how old you get, you never retire. Come on. In my church, you only refire, and then you refire again. Then you refire again. And tell the person next to you, it's time to refire. refire. Oh, that sounded good. Tell them again. Tell the person on the other side, it's time to refire. refire get some more fire in you. <laughs> but you see, We're talking about the real, how many of you know this is a real God we serve? He's not just somewhere way up there in the sky that, you know, we never hear his voice. We never enjoy his presence. We never feel his power. There's a man in my church, uh, when he was uh, 13 years old, his dad left him. And he was filled with this incredible bitterness. And try as he might, with every religious formula he could find to get free of that bitterness and, and to forgive his father, he just could not do it. And you know, every formula, every system, every method, he went here, there, and everywhere. Nothing could change him. And maybe some of you are sitting here today, you've been fighting some battle, you've been fighting some demon, something's been afflicting you and offending you and upsetting you, and you just can't get free of it. I'm about to tell you how God can set you free in just a moment of time. Because this is a real God that we serve. It's about encounters and moments with Him. So this man sitting in our service, we get to the end of the service, I was leading the service, and I just had the sense, it came the presence of God, the, the love of God came into the house. And I said, if you, I just want to encourage you, everyone here, would you reach out to God and just allow His love to touch you? The man sent me a testimony about three or four days later. He said, Pastor, when you said that, He said, I felt the presence of God. I felt the love of God. I felt like oil went from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And he said, Pastor, in that moment in time, 50 years of bitterness left my body and God set me free. I am a transformed person. I am changed by God's power. 
Friends, this is the Christianity that this world needs. They want to know a real God, a powerful God, a life-changing God, a God who can do things in their lives that nothing else has been able to do. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 because this is Pentecost Sunday. We've read it. Helen read it so well. Was it Helen? Sarah, Sarah read it so well. I had to tell her off after the first service. I said, don't read it that well again because you're stealing my thunder. But then she went ahead and did it even better. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Everyone say suddenly. Suddenly. Who's ready for a suddenly? Hey, who's ready in this place for a suddenly? Suddenly God to come. Suddenly God to come. Why not today? Why does it have to be, you know, faith, faith is now. We always think one day, one day God is going to come. I say today God is going to come. Suddenly, that's the, that's the theme. God gave us that theme for next year's conference. Suddenly we believe something significant and powerful is going to happen. But I pray it happens to you even way, way before that. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues of fire and they all sat, sat upon each one of them. Now think about this. This was the birth of the church. The church was birthed with Holy Spirit encounter that changed the disciples who turned the world upside down. And when the Holy Spirit begins to encounter His church again, begins to encounter you and me again, friends, we will have the power, we will have the anointing, we'll have the uh, the boldness to begin to turn our world upside down. But it comes with an encounter with the living God. The church was birthed with this, and it is to be sustained by by the same. See, in the DNA of the church is encounters with God. In the DNA of Christianity is encounters with God. And when we lose that, friends, we drift very quickly into religion. We drift quickly into rules and regulations. It becomes hard work. It becomes boring. It's a challenge to get to church. But when you're full of the fire of God, when you've encountered Christ on a regular basis, friends, you are running to church. You're not being dragged along by your kids or your husband or your wife. You are running to church. When I got saved and I was on fire with God and the charismatic renewal, we used to get to church so we could be in the front rows. Why would we tight anybody got in the front rows before us? We were so hungry for God. We were so passionate for God. We couldn't get enough of God. They asked me to be an usher, but then they fired me because I kept sneaking into the meeting to worship the king because I wanted to be with Jesus. Such was the fire of God burning in my heart. And that's what God has for every one of us. Is there even half an amen in the house, please, from somebody? Somebody. This is, you know, when it's like this, Christianity is not hard work. It is simple. It is easy to do. We need to restore moments with God. You know, in every service, you should have a moment with God. When He touches your life. That's why you came. In every service, you should hear the voice of God in some way. And that's what makes Jesus real. In our church a number of years ago, there was a guy, a neighbor, who hated the church. So what he did is he put some speakers, he had this lawn, he took the speakers 50 feet up the lawn, faced them towards the church, and he blasted us with music. During the services, during weddings, during funerals, he hated the church. So we had some big Samoan men in our church, and Tongans, they came to us one day, and they said to the pastor, Pastor, we can stop this music tomorrow. Just give us the permission. 
We will deal with it. Pastor said, no, no, we're not to do that. Just leave it alone. So music continued on. Then a guest speaker came through one Sunday. God gave him a word from Zechariah 4, verse 6. Shout, who are you, O mountain? Shout grace to the mountain. So got the whole church to stand up. They faced where this uh, uh, house was, and they stretched out their hand, and they all just shouted five times, grace, grace, grace. Five times they shouted it. Some people probably thought he was crazy. Some of the church probably thought, well, this is a waste of time. But within a few weeks, the music all stopped. After it had been going on for months and months and months, it all stopped. And then the house was put up for sale. Guess who now owns that house? Church, my church, Church Unlimited. How great is our God? How awesome is our God? Nothing is too hard for Him. Nothing is too difficult for the God that we serve. He is the greatest of all. He has all power on the earth and under the earth and above the earth. He is an all-powerful God. I've seen Him do some amazing miracles in my lifetime, but I'm looking for so much more that God's going to continue to do in the years ahead. But it all comes back. You see, in that service, it was a moment with God, totally changed that church and moved it forward in the purposes and in the plans of God. So throughout scripture, you know, one of the most significant encounters I had was reading a book. Has anyone encountered God reading a book? I was reading the book of Hudson Taylor, an amazing book about this great missionary. And as I read it, my heart was pumping. I just couldn't put the book down. I read it through the night as God deposited within me as an encounter, a passion for the nations of the world, a passion for mission work and mission service. And it's, it's, that happened over 30 years ago. And that, that burning fire for the nations, that's why we're doing UK and Beyond, is as strong today, if, if not stronger today, than it was when it first started. But friends, that encounter with God released my destiny. It defines some of the call of God upon my life. And I've been pursuing that ever since through our, and now through our radio and through our television ministry and all the things that we do, we are now ministering in over 100 nations of the world. Where did that come from? It came from an encounter. It came from a moment with God when he deposited something in my life. And you see this with men of God all throughout Scripture. For example, we can think of Moses. He had an encounter with a burning bush, and he set a nation free. Peter had an encounter with God on the rooftop, and he took the gospel to the the Gentiles. Joseph encountered God with two dreams, and he became a a, a marketplace leader. We know Paul encountered uh, God on the road to Damascus, and he took the gospel to the nations. Moments with God are to be the norm of our Christianity and of our faith. But it seems to me that somewhere in the history of the church, the main focus shifted. It moved away. It moved toward the, or the main focus in services became the sermon. And I've got no problem with sermons. I'm a, I'm a sermon preacher, if you like. I always like time to minister the Word of God, and, and it's so incredibly important. But what I want to suggest to you, as important as that is, more than that, we need the presence of God in our services. 
Because it's the presence of God that changes everything. It's the presence of God that brings the Word alive. It's the presence of God that lifts the music to a whole nother level. It's the presence of God that gets people saved. It's the presence of God that sees lives change on the altar of God. It's the presence, even Moses said, God, I'm not going to go anywhere unless your presence goes with me. Let us become a people of the presence. Let us pursue the presence of God like we have never done before. David, the man after God's own heart. He said, one thing have I decided that will I seek after to be in the courts or the presence of the Lord all the days of my life. The presence of God changes everything. And when the presence of God comes into service, that's when you are ready to have a fresh touch and a fresh encounter with God. Let's go to Acts chapter one and verse eight. It says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Judea, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Why does the Holy Spirit come upon us? One of the main reasons is for us to be witnesses to others, to tell people about Jesus. And many of those that we even spoke of in the scriptures who had an encounter with God. It helped them to change their community. It helped them to change their society. And, and, you know, when we have a heart for reaching our community, reaching our friends, our neighbors, we are positioned for a fresh encounter with God. C.S. Lewis had an encounter. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. But growing up, he got hurt and he no longer believed in God, became an atheist. Imagine that. A lot of people who know they have encounters with God turn away from Him. Mm. We need the encounters to keep it alive. 1931, he met God while riding in the sidecar of a motorcycle on a journey to the zoo. Imagine that. You can encounter God anywhere. You don't have, you know, God, how many of you know God's everywhere? You can encounter him in church. You can encounter him at home. I've encountered God in the, in the shower. Anyone else encountered God in the shower? I'm the only one. Don't you ever have a shower over here? God, God's in the showers. Showers of blessing. You know, let it all fall. I've encountered God all over the place. And I often, I'll tell you where I often encounter God, Mark. It's in my car. When I'm driving. I'm all, I, whenever I drive, I pray. Okay. Especially if Sam's driving me, I'm praying more harder then than ever before. But whenever I'm driving, going, I'm always praying, and often God's presence will come, and He'll fill that, fill the room, and fill the fill the car, and I'll have a touch from God. But you can encounter God absolutely anywhere. So here he is in the sidecar of a motorcycle on his way to the zoo. Maybe if you need an encounter with God, you need to go to the zoo. He came as he's traveling. He came to a realization: he needed Christ. He said, when I set out, I did not believe Jesus was the Son of God, but when I reached the zoo, I did. A spiritual conversion on the way to the zoo. He wasn't slain. He wasn't laid out on the road. He didn't see an angel. It was a moment with God, a revelation that changed him forever. Spiritual conversion became one of the greatest writers of all time, and he had a moment with God, and he became a spokesman of the faith, a life that has affected millions and millions of people. You know, a significant encounter that I had was actually when I was first saved. In the first two or three months of my salvation, God put two words in my spirit. I couldn't even understand them. I was such a young Christian. The two words were harvest 
people being saved. And the other word was nations. This is almost 40 years ago. Those two words were just put in my heart. But I knew it was God, but I didn't know what it meant. So do you know what I did? I was 18 months a Christian. I went and brought a map of the world. I got this map of the world, put it up on my bedroom wall, Christian of 18 months, and I wrote across the top, the word to the world. And do you know, 40 years later, that's exactly what I'm doing, teaching the word of God all around the globe. And it began with an encounter with God, a moment when the Spirit of God just put something into my heart, something into my life. The question I'm asking you, what has God put into your heart? What has God spoken to you? What is that moment that you've had with God that defines your future, that defines your destiny, that defines your moment? You've had those moments. You've had those encounters. This morning, the Holy Spirit wants you to go back. He wants you to retrack. He wants you to rewind back to that moment you had with God, back to that time when God spoke with you, because in that is your destiny. In that is your future. In that is what God was calling you to do along. But other voices have come in. Other shadows have come in. Other words have come in. And confusion has come in. But sometimes you need to go back to those moments where you know that you know that you know that God God spoke to you and hold on to what he said and fight for it and see what God will do in and through your life. It is just so important. I want to wrap this up by asking you a question. Why do you come to church? Why did you come this morning? A lot of people never think about church. I drive to our city campus every Sunday. Most Sundays I go past all these golfers and I think you rotten rascals, I hope your ball goes into the water. You should be in church. They don't even think about church. It doesn't cross their minds. But many of us, many of you, you're in church every Sunday. And in your busy life, a day you could be doing other things. A day you could relax. You come to church. Why do you do it? You get up. You get dressed. You change your outfit three times. Come on, own up. How many of you change your outfit at least twice? Give me a wave. You're not willing to be honest, are you? I know. I know how often I know how often my daughter changes her outfit before she gets to church. You get dressed, you put your makeup on. How many of you put makeup on? Yeah, there's a few. You know, I used to put makeup on when I had my, with my TV ministry. They used to put my, I had to put mascara on and all this powder down the side here and across my ear, eyes here. And man, well, I look swish, man. Especially with red lipstick, made me look quite exceptional. But after a while, I thought, this is not making me look any better. I'm looking worse. So I put all that away. But some of you did put your makeup on in the morning just to get ready for church. And then you had an argument with your wife or your husband. And the kids drove you crazy. You, you fought for a, a car park and all this on your day off. And you, So I asked the question, yeah, why do you do it? Because if you don't know why you do it, you're not going to do it for very long. If you don't know why you do it, you're not going to come to church every week. You might come every third week or fourth week or sixth week or whatever. And then we as pastors, we have to entertain you to keep you coming. And we have to have these flashing lights. You don't have them here, but you may have had them one day. Or we have smoke machines or we offer free food or we have special events. Why? Just to get, we've got to get the people to come somehow. Got to entertain them. Why do you come to church? We beg people to come. But we need to change our focus. The major reason to come to church is simply this, is to have an encounter with God. You come to worship Him. You come to hear His Word. 
And I want you to expect a moment every time you come, because the more that happens, the more you're going to be in church. If you encounter God this morning, you're probably going to come back tonight. If you encounter God this morning, you're most likely going to be back next week and even during the midweek meetings, because we're all hungry for those encounters with God. And the more that happens, the better Christianity gets. You see, life presents us many challenges. Is that right? How many of you are facing a challenge today? Give me a wave. We all face challenges, aren't we? Guess what? Church gets us ready for the challenges. We get equipped in the Word. Encounters get us ready for the challenge. They make us strong so when the challenge comes, we can resist it. We can handle it. It's too late to get ready for the challenge once it's hit you. You've got to be ready before the challenge comes your way. But a church service is for encounters with God. A young man that I just recently heard of, has had this, he loves his sports. He got this sports injury. And he was really ticked off because he just loved the sports. And, um, but anyway, uh, he, he went to a midweek meeting, like the renewal meetings. They'd been fasting. So he decided to turn on, I think his mother and dragged him along. And she said to him afterward, did anything happen? And he kind of sort of said, oh, no. He said, oh, I felt a bit of warmth through my knee. Didn't think much of it. And he, she said, well, test your knee out. It had been completely healed. Yeah. Completely healed. But there was two things. But there was two miracles in that. That, that, the second part is the best part. The first part is that the knee was healed so he could play sport the next day. But the second thing is this. He said for the first time in his life, he experienced the reality of Jesus and the presence of God in his life. If you have never experienced that in your life, please get along to these renewal meetings because that could be the moment where Jesus becomes just so real to you. That's what attending church about is having an encounter with God. You position yourself to meet with God. See, you were created by God to sing, to shout, to clap, to even that, which you've done this morning. You've done it so well, reaching out to God. But sometimes you have to ask people, you know, why did God give us two hands? Why did God give us hands? To worship, to clap. Who reckons God's worth clapping? Eh? Well, give him a clap right now. That's why he gave you hands, to clap. To clap. Why did he give you two feet? Why did he give you feet so you could be a statue? No, he gave you a feet so you could move them. You could, you know, do a bit of a jig here and there and then maybe even lift a foot off the ground from time to time and do a bit of a dance. Is that right? Why, yeah. why God gave you two feet? Why did he give you a mouth? Hey, why did he give you words to speak? Why to magnify the name of the Lord, to praise his name on earth? Come on, give the Lord a shout, give him a praise, give him a praise, give him a praise. That's why he gave you hands to clap, he gave you a mouth to shout his praise, he gave you feet to at least jump around, if not anything. You know, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Get him under your feet. Drive him out of your life and command him to go. You see, hunger is so attractive to God. And I want to suggest to you, don't come to church to have an encounter with the ushers. Don't come to church to have an encounter with the preacher. Don't come to church to have an encounter with the song leader. Get your eyes off the preacher, off the song leader, off the ushers, and get your eyes on Jesus Because when you do, He will meet with you. He will come and touch your life. You see, 
Our problem is there's so many distractions. We're looking here, we're looking there, we're looking this way, we're looking that way. God says, get all your eyes off everything else. Get your eyes on me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. We used to sing it. That's when the presence comes. That's when you're going to have an encounter with God. Don't come to church thinking, okay, let's see what the musicians have got today. And none of you do that here, do you? Uh, come on, let, let, let's see what sort of form the pastor's in today. Has he had a good week or a bad week? No. Let, let, how good's a preacher going to be today? Thank you for that silence. Okay, never mind. But don't, don't come with those attitudes because it's not about the song leader. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the pastor. Sorry, come on. Mark. Come on. It's about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's on. about Jesus. Yeah. It's about Jesus, the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If we want to transform Birmingham, if we want to transform United Kingdom, we got to lift the name of Jesus higher. we got to exalt Him to the very highest place. we got to magnify the name of the Lord. And I'm just about finished. I'll close off with one last thought which I don't know what it is, but I'll find it here right now. So here we go. Don't leave services without your moment. So you can attend church with low expectation, or you can come saying, God, I just want you. I don't care about the music. I don't care about the preaching. I don't care about anyone talk to me or not. I just want my moment. I want you to touch my life. Change me so I can change my world. The musicians, please come. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. They shall be filled. Hungry people attract the attention of God like nothing else. Hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. They shall be filled. And here's the good news. Our lives are to be a series of moments with God. I have moments on a regular basis, maybe most weeks. The good news is you are perfectly designed by God to have encounters with Him. You were made For this, you are uniquely created to encounter God and have moments with Him. It's time for a fresh encounter that makes God real, changes your life, and empowers you to change your world in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to just do a few things before we wrap this up and then Mark will come back and maybe lead a song or whatever. But the first thing I want us to do is to shout grace to your mountain. Who are you, O great mountain? Whatever your mountain is that you're facing right now, we're going to shout grace to it. And we're going to believe that mountain to be moved in the name. Just bring your mountain to God right now. Bring it before Him right now. Are you ready? Bring it to Him right now. And then we're going to shout fire. Grace five times, give the Lord a clap offering and the drums can have a bit of a roll there. Are you ready? Stretch out your hand to your mountain. Five times, grace. Let's go. One, two, three. Grace. 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 Give the Lord a clap offering, would you? The next, the next declaration I want us to make is this. 
Birmingham City Church will experience a visitation of the Holy Spirit. Who's ready for that one? You know, if you all declare it, there's power in words. Words create atmosphere. And I know this church is primed for a visitation, already having something of one, but hey, there's a whole lot more. So Birmingham City Church will experience a visitation of the Holy Spirit. And then give the Lord an almighty clap and shout and a praise as if you believe it's going to happen. You ready? Let's go. One, two, three, go. Birmingham City Church will experience a visitation of the Holy Spirit. Birmingham City Church will experience a visitation of the Holy Spirit. One more time. Birmingham City Church will experience a visitation of the Holy Spirit. Here's the next one. All right, you ready for this one? Birmingham City will turn to Jesus. How many of you believe this? I was driving to another city in our nation of New Zealand, the south, and as I was on the plane, God spoke to me. I won't tell you the name. He said, this place is going to turn to Jesus. When I told the leaders in the church down there, they got so excited about it. They said, God told us that years ago. It was encounters they had years ago that that place would turn to Jesus. Now they've invited me to go back to hold combined churches, prayer meetings, and we're going to chase that thing down, and there's going to be a revival in that city. I have faith in my heart. One of, one of my encounters that I had, I, I haven't got time to go into them today, but when I was in India, 93, 4, and 5, I experienced visitations of God for three years. Three years, some of the visitations lasted six weeks on end. It was just the most remarkable time when God became so real, the Holy Spirit became so real, and God began to speak some powerful things into my heart. But one of the things He gave me was a rich deposit of faith. I have faith to see cities turn to Jesus. I have faith to see communities turn to Jesus. Some people hear me say it, and they sort of laugh and, and think, oh, well, you know, you know, good for you. But I actually believe that my God is big enough, strong enough, more powerful enough to turn a city to Himself. Turn it to himself. Turn it to himself. Turn it to himself. Listen, if you don't believe that Birmingham can turn to Jesus, I'm asking you, who is going to believe it? If we won't believe it here, the believers in Christ, your city, your t- hey, my city's going to turn, Auckland is going to turn to Jesus. We've seen some powerful moves of God in Auckland already, but the whole nation wasn't saved. But we are going to take that city. We're going to take that city by the grace of God. So Birmingham City will turn to Jesus. We're going to do it five times and then on a mighty clap and a shout. And then we've got a song that's going to take it to another level. You ready for that? Helen, is it? Oh, I've got no one right today. Trying everybody. I call everybody Helen, all right? She's on my staff. Birmingham will turn to Jesus. Five times, big clap, shout, and then a song. And then Mark's going to take over. Let's go. One, two. Three, Birmingham City will turn to Jesus. 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 Jesus. 